People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Good day, Brothers Talk family, and we welcome you in wherever you're listening around the world and holding your critical thinking conversations to promote activism to uplift our people. And our first-time listeners, we're glad that you tuned in to help us with the work of encouraging and educating as we also endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses to empower and enrich the Black community. Spring breaks are still in full effect, and soon we'll be experiencing the predictable spikes in the new COVID reality. And even though we hope not, hundreds of more people will once again be dying each day from coronavirus and its complications. We're still urging everyone to keep that in mind and be careful when you're out and about. Remember, you can still get your vaccinations or your boosters, and if you're traveling, Keep in mind that wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of all respiratory infections, including flu and RSV2. Staying in hotel rooms or other rented dwellings, don't forget to use plenty of disinfectants because you don't want your vacation trip to end in the hospital and you definitely don't want to be the one transmitting it to your medically fragile family and friends. Come on, people. We can and we must do better to stop the spread. And now to my brothers the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Thanks, Rod. Hey, family, thank you for your continued support. And as Rod said, we're expecting a spike in COVID infections and COVID death. Hopefully that's not true. Uh, I saw something on TV last night. For I haven't seen anything about COVID in a minute. But last night they were talking about the possibility of a spike. So if you're talking about it, that means it's real. So protect yourself, to protect your family, your loved ones, and go out and support Black businesses uh, when you can. Norm? Thanks, Scott. And gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the president just ended the whole pandemic and, and COVID um, emergency in this country. And um, I, I think that that's the wrong step here. I think that we should still be diligent on the health and the benefits you know, uh, that come along with with this whole program um, for this country. And um, we just need to be on top of this. Even on our podcast, we need to stay on top of this. No, you're right. That's exactly what they've been doing. They've been consistently rolling back all of the precautions and all of the emphasis on vaccinations. Even companies themselves are rolling back their protections. And so that's just one more reason why we can see that stupid is one that the people who are fighting against trying to just protect themselves and their friends and families have won the battle. And so that's why we talk about this being our new COVID reality. And so this week, we want to continue our conversation that even though we ended our, our little mini series on wokeness, 
One of the things about being woke is that it means that you're now ready to see what's going on around you, because when you see what's going on around you, you're able to at least hold people accountable, meaning that, you know, a big part of being woke is knowing what's happening, because that means your eyes are opening. And when you see the things that are going on, then the next step in your mindset needs to be to say that people need to be held accountable for their action. And so we're going to just talk about some of the things that are out there that everybody needs to be aware of. And there's so it's a long list. We're just going to take one a piece. And the first one I come up with is the situation in Texas where the governor, the governor of Texas, and I hate even saying these guys' names, so I'm not going to, but he's the governor of Texas. They just had a murder trial that was completed. And the white racist who killed a Black Lives Matter protester because he drove his car there saying on his social media before he got there that he planned to kill some people, that he he might have to shoot some protesters. And then he drove his car up into a gathering and there was a black person there who did have a gun, but he was driving his car at them. And even in the state of Texas, it says that the stand your ground law does not work if you are the one who engages the person first. But he does kill this person. He was found guilty of murder. And the judge hasn't even handed out the sentence yet. But the head of the Republican convention in Texas called it a miscarriage of justice and said that there should be a pardon. And the governor has already announced that a pardon is in the works. And I repeat, the sentence hasn't been handed down. And even after the sentence is handed down, there's supposed to be a process where he can appeal it and go through a number of steps. But you've got the governor of Texas who's basically saying that he's above any law in the state of Texas, so he can just usurp the system. And so this is the kind of thing that needs he needs to be held accountable. And the people of Texas need to raise up and say that this guy is not the king of Texas and he cannot just do whatever it is he wants to. The lack of accountability. Uh... It just seems to be everywhere in this country. Uh, and it's in, in the lack of accountability mainly is uh, afforded white males or just say white people who are in position of authority. And mostly they, they are elected officials. And what they're doing is they want most people, mainly black people, to follow the laws the rules and the constitution, but they're exempt. With the exception of Clarence Thomas, which is uh it's just mind-boggling to me that you have a guy who is the Supreme Court, is on the Supreme Court, who could take all of those gifts. I, I read I read one article in the article they said that he and his wife went on this uh excursion with his billionaire uh friend, supposedly family friend. He only became an endeared friend uh, after Clarence Thomas uh, was was uh, put on the Supreme Court. That's when this guy came into his life. But yet, they they said that if he, the article said that if he would have paid for that trip himself, it would have cost over $500,000 because they were gone for 11 days. They were on the, the guy's yacht, his private plane, his private resort. 
you know, five-star service for 11 days. But yet, he came out there with some BS about, oh, well, you know, I, I consulted all my friends and I consulted some other uh, judges and they, and they told me I didn't have to report it, which which here, on one on one hand, here's a guy who wants to say that, you know, present himself as somebody who's been, uh, who is brilliant and way above average. And all of a sudden that he can't understand that Oh, uh, what I did, I didn't know I was breaking the law kind of nonsense. And stay, stay with the Supreme Court. We have a situation where there were three people elected and put on the Supreme Court, approved to get on the Supreme Court, who lied in their confirmation, said that they had no intention of overturning Roe v. Wade because it was already established precedent. And what did they do? They over they voted to overturn. And so to me, uh, how can you trust anything that the Supreme Court does or say? There's no accountability for any of that. And there's no there are no, no ethical standards for anything that they do. But for you to lie in your confirmation, they have it on record, they have a tape, they have the video, and yet these people are still allowed to serve on the Supreme Court. Uh we we got some problems in this country. Well, Scott, and, and um, you know, bringing up the Supreme Court and Clarence Thomas and confirmation, I just have to reflect on his confirmation now, which was way worse than any of the examples you just brought up, because he did perjure himself. Yep. You know, and, and unfortunately, Biden again didn't let them go forward and bring any other witnesses, which would have really ended his whole confirmation. But I just, I just had to remind everybody of that as well. But since we're talking about, you know, this injustice that's happening in the country today, I I can't, I'm going to go back to, to Mississippi where you have a white legislature that is literally taking an apartheid era move and circumventing the, the political process in a black, or African-American city, which is Jackson, Mississippi. And they're literally trying to take over the entire city politically, the judicial portion of it, and even the airport and the funding that they, the billion dollars they just received from the federal government to finally address the water situation in that city. And literally the, the country's quiet. There's no pushback. There's no light shining on these issues. And that's what has my blood boiling at this point. Yeah, it's just one thing after another. And so look at what's going on in Florida, where you've got the governor there who, behind a closed-door session, came up with a permitless open carry. So people are able to carry concealed weapons without even having a permit. And that's in the face of all these shootings that are taking place seeming like every couple of days. It used to be almost like weekly. But you had in Louisville uh, yesterday two shootings that took place, two mass shootings that took place on the same day, one near a college campus and one at a bank. And we've got shootings taking place in schools with children. The statistic came out yesterday It said that Killings of children by guns, children and teens, has jumped 50% in the last two years. And here you have someone so tone deaf for political reasons is attempting to make even more guns available. 
but he's just like the lightning rod, but it's happening all across the country where they continue to push back and not want to deal with the gun issue. Even the governor of Kentucky, who is a Democrat, Bashir, instead of using this as an opportunity when he said his best friend was one of those killed in the shooting at the bank, said, we need to spend this time praying for the victim. As if, like all the others, to say this is not the time to really talk about gun control. And when is the time to talk about gun control? That's what accountability looks like, that there comes a point where we have to hold any and everybody accountable who is not for making sure that not only do we enforce the gun control laws that are on the books, but that we wipe off the weak ones and that we make sure that we get even stronger gun control. You know, one of the things that uh, that that's really troubling to me is the lack of account- accountability for people in Congress. Uh, and mainly it's just the Republicans. Let's just call it what it is. You got a guy, Jim Jordan, who, when he was subpoenaed for his role in January 6th, uh, the January 6th attacks, that's what I'm calling, or, or insurrection, he did not come before Congress, before the January 6th committee, to, to testify. He just his thumbed his nose at the subpoena. But now, since he's the chair of this committee that they made up, and he's issuing subpoenas and threatening people who are not coming to speak before his committee, even though he didn't, and there's no accountability. So we talked about, uh, before the show started, we talked about uh, state rights and how they're always talking about, they're always talking about state rights, state rights, state rights. But yet here, this guy is trying to interfere in a, a, a case investigation in New York where Bragg's has uh, indicted Trump, and these guys are so much of sycophants for Donald Trump that they are threatening brags. They are interfering with it. Anytime, uh, any other time, if you interfere with an investigation, uh, you're breaking the law. And they should have them arrested, but there's no accountability. There was no accountability for Jordan not going before the January 6th committee. There's just no accountability, and these guys feel like, hey, we're white males, and we do what we want to do in this country. These laws don't apply to us. That appears to be to be what's happening, uh, because in front of us, in our eyes, in front, right in the front of our eyes, you see these guys who are violating the Constitution. Nobody's saying anything, and nobody's holding them accountable. And I had a question here: Where are we at with the indictments coming from? Georgia, the federal indictments coming from Georgia in regards to the um, campaign violations that Trump made. Well, they said they're teeing them up, that they basically decided to do them in order. So Fannie Willis is supposed to be ready to file her charges after the process is completed in New York. That's what we've heard. So that's something else we need to hold them accountable to. Yes, because we've been waiting a while for that. But the good news is when Trump was indicted in New York, a few of his eggheads decided to come up here and rally around him. And New York gave them a fantastic greeting. As we saw Margie Taylor Greene and her friends get served up lovely in the city of New York. 
that's the kind of thing that needs to happen everywhere because, you know, we touched on it before, but when it comes to all of these issues that are founded and grounded in racist behavior, because lying underneath all of this is this undercurrent of the whole MAGA movement, which was basically make America white again, as white as it possibly can be. And so where is the accountability of the black leadership in this country? I mean, I have yet to hear whether it's Florida, whether it's North Carolina, whether it's Mississippi, where is the black caucus? Where is the vice president? Where is the 44th president? Where are all of those who would deem themselves to be black leaders? Where are they when these issues come up? They need to be out front. They need to be on that front line, making a statement that we can all rally behind, but instead they're conspicuously silent. And that just makes those who are on the far right and the alt right just that much more emboldened because that's the only way you can explain why somebody would think he could get away what he's doing down in Texas or what they think they can do in Tennessee and Mississippi and, and state after state where they're trying to basically turn the clock back on black civil rights of any sort. And that's just one more place where we need to see accountability. Yeah, uh, and, and something else that's real disturbing that I, I read on this article the other day that um, in this county in Virginia, you had uh, a board of elections, electors. They uh, they organized, and the Republicans became majority. And what they're doing is, and they're doing this around the country in 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 these little small, they're starting at these small jurisdictions. They're running the Democrats off. They're attacking people, attacking their families, you know, and what they're doing is, it's like if if the person that we don't want to win the election, if they're not elected, then what we're going to do is we're going to say that it was stolen and we're going to investigate them. So, and we're investigating the the, the electorate. Electoral, and that's what they're doing. So they people are quitting because they were like, "Hey, these people are intimidating my family. You know, they're threatening me." And so, what you're going to have in some of these places, you're going to have a lot of uh, people with no experience running elections. But more importantly, and the scary part about it is, you're going to have these right wing Republicans running all of these elections, and that's what that seemed to be the plan across the country that they're going to take control over the electorate and, and electorate. And then from there, that's how they're controlling everything. That's the governorship, the state houses. That's what they're doing. And they're trying to turn this back to, you know, the 1950s and, and the 60s. Nobody's saying, again, Rod, like you said, where is the uh, outrage from anybody black in any camp. I mean, Kamala Harris, she did go down there and, and say something, and, you know, in Tennessee, but nobody takes her serious. You know, for the last year and a half, uh, you know, she's been missing in action. But there's no leadership on this issue to put these people down. 
You know, Scott, I'm surprised that we haven't seen more states, especially southern states, enact these voting laws like Georgia did to basically circumvent every um, thing in the political process so that they can literally control each election in that state, you know, on, and on every level. So basically what we saw in Georgia was the fact that they can come in and take over the voting boards and take over everything the state can to basically enact or basically put in their own political process and their own candidate in office. And that happened in Georgia. And I'm surprised I'm not seeing that happen in more Southern states. All right. So there you have it. So we're calling on all of our listeners to make sure you get the word out and to let everybody know that if we're not going to get accountability demanded by our quote unquote black leaders, because the unfortunate reality is that they're are more white politicians who are progressive and who are calling out these kind of outrages. And but so we've got to hold our own accountable. And if they will not do it, then it's time to get a new batch. In our Black Business Spotlight, Modular Assembly Innovations, MAI, purchased in 2011 by entrepreneur Billy Vickers, made over $1.2 billion in 2019 alone making it one of the largest Black-owned businesses in the country. Since then, it has continued to thrive and bring innovations and excellence in the automobile industry. Based in Dublin, Ohio, the company is a supplier of tires and wheels for automobile giant Honda. MAI is partners with Midwest Express, a wholly-owned subsidiary of Honda, to operate Great Lakes Assemblies and Indiana Assemblies. In addition, they produce other products such as automobile center consoles, powertrain accessory modules, chassis assemblies, and engine components. They made their plants accessible to their customer to reduce transportation costs of those components going into their plants. To stay ahead of the industry, MAI also made procedure adaptable in the near future, wherein hybrid electric vehicles are expected to be the new norm. Check out Modular Assembly Innovations at www.modularai.com. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments, as well as your questions and show ideas to the Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us to brotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest, and rest assured, we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, Let's do better today because that's all we really have.